Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. And this would be our number two of The Rob Carson Show. There is much to get to. Uh, some serious, some not so much. Also, uh, special guests on the show today. We're going to be talking about uh, what the hell's going on with North Korea and uh, and Russia. And we'll talk to Colonel John Mills. He's awesome. He is the former director of cybersecurity uh, policy for the DOD. And he's got this uh, book, The Nation Will Follow. We've had him on before. But, you know, there's some... There's some really uh, awful things happening around the world because the United States is broadcasting weakness, is projecting weakness because we have a weak man in office who's very corrupt and uh, and for sale. So all of that is coming up. Just uh, real quick, FBA, FDA has uh, ruled that the ingredient in Benadryl and Sudafed from pharmacy shelves doesn't work. And listen, I, I've always do the, you know, I get these uh, allergy attacks. I don't know, they happen certain times of the year. I guess it's hay fever and my nose will just shut up. And then somebody will tell me, you got to get some Benadryl, or you got to get some, you know, whatever. And, and it usually doesn't unclog my nose. What does is a nasal spray. And I don't do nasal sprays, because nasal sprays, depending on what you use, they can mess with your heart rhythm. I don't know if you knew this. Uh, I know this, because I, I had a stress test of my heart like 18 years ago, and I, and I, I took uh, some Afrin that morning. And then I got in there, and they said, hey, man, there's something going on here, blah, blah, blah. I said, what's going on? And they said, did you do any nasal spray today? And I said, yeah. And if it's not nasal spray, they'll say, uh, are you a smoker and do you do cocaine? But it was nasal spray. But they say that, uh, that it doesn't work. Apparently this uh, Benadryl plus cough congestion, Sudafed, PE, Tylenol, cold and flu and, uh, and night. Uh, they say that the, uh, the active compound in those is, uh, is kind of worthless. I don't, I don't know what to believe, I, honestly, from the FDA because the FDA rubber stamps uh, new, uh, new vaccines for variants we don't even know about. So who the hell knows? To be quite honest, but the uh, drug is contained in almost uh, $1.8 billion in sales by Big Pharma last year. So who the hell knows? I don't know. Oh, with this, did you, did you uh, I don't know if you guys are, uh, are like uh, me. We watch a little HGTV in the house. We like that stuff because it's, uh, I don't know, it's just mindless fun. It's, there's no curse. I'm not against cursing, trust me. Trust me. Uh, if you'd ever heard me put together a piece of Ikea furniture, you'd know that I don't have a problem with cursing. But we watch the shows because they're innocuous, they're nice, you get to see a happy ending. <laughs> that sounded weird. Uh, you know, like under Hunter Biden, he paid for a lot of them. But, uh, but you know, it's always nice, you get the reveal, and then my wife and I like that. And, well, they just did the uh, Barbie house, right? They did this Barbie house. That HGTV did. We watched that. It was, you know, whatever. Who cares? But the Brady Bunch, they, they took the Brady Bunch house and they, and they made it up and they spent a ton of money on it. They bought the thing for $3.5 million. They wanted, they put another uh, five, another, uh, no, they put a two, couple million dollars in, a, a million eight in it. And then they tried to sell this Brady Bunch house, the original Brady Bunch house. A woman bought it, but they ended up paying a whole lot less than HGTV had invested in it. 
So uh, the Brady Munch house that they redid and everything, complete with the AstroTurf in the back. They had some uh, bidding wars. Miley Cyrus wanted it. Lance Bass wanted it all that. But they ended up selling it to this woman, and she's going to make it into, I guess, I would assume a- a- Airbnb, because who wants to live in the Brady Bunch? I don't. I don't. Uh, you know. So that's kind of funny. Um, top Republican says there's a potential for DHS Secretary Mayorkas impeachment inquiry. The Sound of Freedom's Tim Ballard is slamming the Biden administration for border, pol- border policies allowing horif- horrifying child sex trafficking. And he's speaking in front of the Homeland Security uh, Committee. And they're saying that an impeachment of Mayorkas could be uh, very real. And it should happen because he is, uh, he's not only uh, failing on the border, he not only uh, went after Border Patrol agents for supposedly whipping Haitians, which was a lie, and never, never apologized for that. But also, he's in charge of the DHS, which was in charge of the biggest censorship campaign since the, f- the former Soviet Union. Since the former Soviet Union. And, uh, by the way, DHS agent Tim Ballard will be featured in the hearings today. He's the guy who the Sound of Freedom was based on. And uh, he says that there are very concerning details that will be revealed during Ballard's testimony that will shock the American public and possibly lead to an impeachment, including the fact that the Biden administration, listen to this, has lost track of over 85,000 unaccompanied minors that have come across the border into the U.S. over the last several years. And many of them are kidnapped, they're being trafficked, they're being raped. And Kamala Harris is the border czar. And she hasn't even been able to locate the problem. It's kind of funny. But you know, there are other people who can know other things. Here's Tucker Carlson talking about Greg Abbott. He's the governor of Texas where Ken Paxton is being literally impeached without evidence. But uh, Greg Abbott could be doing something about the border, but he is not. How many Texans do you think are all on board with letting 7 million people cross into their state illegally? What percentage? Zero. Zero. I don't care what your race or national origin. Nobody is for that. That's insane. Has the governor of Texas done anything meaningful to stop that? No. Shut it down. The Republican governor? He's got a National Guard. Yep. He's the commander-in-chief of the National Guard, and it's Texas, so they're all large. And they have double-stack magazines in their sidearms. You think they couldn't stop that in a week if they... Of course. Just Mm. assemble along the border. We're not not doing this. No, he refuses to do that. Yeah, you know what? I'm just tired of do-nothing politicians in general. And, And, you know, honestly, I don't think there's any more abuse of your citizenry in texas than having an open border greg abbott that should be your number one priority and bleep the federal government if they don't want to play along i have a funny feeling that if there was a confrontation between the federal government and texas i'm thinking texas would win on this one yeah yeah joe biden's impeachment inquiry a lot of uh, reporters are already defending joe biden we know that according to newsmax this morning joe biden has sent out a memo Sent out a memo to Fox News, the New York Times, the Associated Press uh, to uh, go after the impeachment effort. (laughs) Go after the impeachment effort. Literally, it says, it's time for the media to ramp up its scrutiny of House Republicans for opening an impeachment inquiry based on lies. 
That's what. They, well, yesterday one of these uh, one of these reporters. This is, I believe, she's Australian. You could tell by her accent, she's Australian, and, uh, and she confronted uh, Representative Scott Perry about this from Pennsylvania, and she said, "Are there really any charges, or is this a matter of revenge? Is it just political revenge? You know, like the seven years of Donald Trump with the two impeachments, including one that was built on nothing and the other one that was built on nothing and happened after he left office." Yes, ma'am. Let's ask what actual evidence do you have as opposed to allegations, allegations. to show to the American public that would merit an actual impeachment inquiry of Joe Biden and prove that today isn't just about some of you. Oh, I don't know. McCarthy for the sake of enacting political revenge. revenge. Uh, this isn't about political <laughs> revenge. We have the bank accounts. We oh, can yeah. see, ma'am, you can see that the homes that the Bidens own can't be afforded on a, on a congressional or Senate salary. You also understand that it's not normal for family members to receive millions of dollars from overseas interests. Yeah, the, how is this revenge there? Things aren't normal. That's not normal to have 20 shell, shell country, companies. These things are not normal, and it alludes to not only just widespread corruption, yeah. but money laundering, if not influence peddling itself. Oh, and yeah. we also have the president, the vice president at the time, on record saying that the prosecutor was well, son of a bitch, the prosecutor was fired, right? Because the prosecutor was going after the, the company that his son was working on. That's what we have. If you can't see that, if you are, if you are that blunt, look, I'll turn it over to the attorneys. There you go, you know. You know why I think that Joe Biden is corrupt and his son and his family? Because I'm not stupid. Yeah, I, you know why I knew that Russia collusion was a hoax? Oh, because I'm not stupid. That's why I say it. There's so much evidence that if you appear and you say, oh, it's revenge. Is it political revenge? Are you doing political revenge? Is there any evidence at all? Well, I don't know, dummy. Why don't you try being a reporter? <laughs> you know, how about that? How about that? And then there's this. There's a headline. It begins, Senior Washington Post columnist calls on Biden not to run in 2024. President Biden should not run in 2024, reads the headline in the Washington Post. This is a column by David Ignatius. I don't follow him. And uh, David Ignatius, apparently big MSNBC favorite. I don't watch MSNBC. I just catch the clips, and that's enough to make me want to, you know, uh, close the garage door and turn on the car. Anyway, Ignatius cites two big liabilities, his age. It's not his age. It's his brain. And his running mate, Kamala Harris. It's not her age, it's her brain. As the reasons for Biden to step aside uh, for the success of the ultimate mission stopping the nightmare of President Donald Trump returning to the White House. Well, I thought that Donald Trump couldn't win. In a general, isn't that the line they were using just a few weeks ago? Even Republicans were telling me, well, you know, hey, uh, Donald Trump can't win in the general. I mean, this may be all night and everything, but Donald Trump can't win in the general. Really? No, he can 77% 77% of the public, including 69% of Democrats, think that Joe Biden is too infirmed, I won't say old, to be effective for four more years. And uh, Kamala Harris is even less popular than Joe Biden with a 39.5% approval rating. And I told you every day that the Republicans or the Democrats wake up. They wake up in a, in a, in a flop sweat, freaking out that Joe Biden is their president and Kamala Harris is uh, second in charge. She's in the on-deck circle, as it were. <laughs> And then there's this. Here's some breaking news. You ready for some breaking news? Here's some breaking news. A CIA whistleblower is saying that uh, Tony Fauci and the CIA paid off analysts to bury the findings that the lab leak was actually the source of COVID. So they had a little working relationship with the Wuhan lab. I know I'm as surprised as you are, but everything you suspected appears to be true. 
Duh. New allegations this morning from an unnamed CIA whistleblower claiming the agency offered hush money to analysts. Jim Everybody was Kung Flu lying. As Anthony Fauci. The CIA was trying. They would pay you for denying. Your silence they were buying. There was a massive cover up about the Wuhan leak. We blamed it all on Vance. Our explanation was so weak. But the CIA. We know they had a scheme. Approach the analysts and bribe the whole darn team. They were confused, deceiving. Da 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 da. It was beyond believing. Falsehood you were receiving. Don't they know that's my job? Why are those agents leaving? The CIA they were subscribing to Kung Flu. Yeah, you know, and I said through uh, all of this, uh, you're being played. And I was right. I mean, you know, you were played on, uh, well, you weren't played because you listened to my show and you knew the truth that Russia collusion wasn't real. You know, all of these things, all of the stuff that they called misinformation and disinformation. I told you that if the deep state, the mainstream media and big tech all said that what you believe is disinformation or misinformation or say it is or block you on social media, they know you know the truth. And here we go. Rand Paul was on with uh, with Eric Bowling last night on Newsmax to talk about this because apparently what happened was senior level CIA officer told House leaders that his agency tried to pay off six analysts who found that the COVID virus originated in Wuhan. Yeah, and if they changed their position, they got a whole bunch of money for it. Isn't that interesting? Huh. So a select committee on the coronavirus pandemic, uh, Ed Winstrup, uh, Mike Turner requested documents, communications, and pay into the CIA's COVID discovery team by September the 26th. Six of the seven members of the team believed the intelligence and science were sufficient to make a low-confidence assessment that COVID originated from the Wuhan lab, but apparently they were paid off. Here's Rand Paul. But now we have this evidence today. This is a CIA whistleblower. This is a senior person who's been there for many decades who says that the initial vote when they voted, the scientists who looked at the evidence voted, they voted six to one to say that this actually came from the lab. And then somebody intervened with a bonus somehow what? or with money, what? which sounds uh, illegal on the base of it. Yeah. But, you know, we're going to have to get to the bottom of this. If this is true, you know, this cover up goes deeper than any of us even imagined. Uh-huh. There are also rumors who got to Fauci. Did Fauci, is he the top of the food chain? Or was he also visiting the CIA and getting information or orders from the CIA as well? Yeah, a whole lot of people in the uh, NIH and the CDC got commissions for uh, uh, the vaccine, among other things. You know, this is just the many layers that we're going to have to unpeel when Joe Biden is out of office. Uh, Coming up, a little more uh, Rand Paul audio, including why they kept the Wuhan lab a secret. Your phone calls are welcome, too, at 800-922-6680. Let's take a break. This is The Rob Carson Show. We'll be back in a second. Uh So the CIA offered to pay off analysts in order to bury their findings that said that the... uh, 
The virus came from the Wuhan lab, which we all knew it came from the Wuhan lab. And, you know, everything that we were told about the Wuhan lab, we were told that you couldn't think that it came from China, that it was made by man. On and on. Everything has been a lie. Our federal government is lying about every single thing. And I, and I, I said this two years ago. I said these dominoes are falling. The truth will come out. It's the burning twister board. Right hand yellow is uh, is uh, the southern border is open. No, you better cover it up. No, it's not. No, it's okay. Left hand green. Uh, uh, you know, wearing a mask will prevent COVID. No, 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 no. It's showing. It's not. Put it out. Put it out. I could go on and on. The twister board is on fire. And every time they try to put out with the the, the Biden administration and the mainstream, they try to put out these fires. Another fire starts, and it's going to become so overwhelming, the abject corruption of the federal government, that it's, it's unstoppable, that this revolution is unstoppable. I believe it. I believe it. Uh, they're going to try a lot of things in same crap. I mean, they're, they've been, they're uh, you know, indicting Donald Trump four times. They're trying to uh, sue to get him off of the ballot. It's going to get much stranger than this. But you have to realize that, that the truth is getting out there. And nobody's going to be able to cover up this amount of, of truth. So it has got to be stay strong. But the, but the latest is that some people, the CIA paid off people to say, oh, yeah, I don't think the, the virus came from uh, the Wuhan lab. Here's uh, Rand Paul to talk about why that happened. But they were doing it because uh, they saw that Donald Trump was for it, so they needed to be against it. So there were people, analysts, actually suppressing information on the lab leak yeah. because they considered lab leak to be associated with Donald Trump and they were anti-Donald Trump. Wow. That's one possibility. Wow, that's one. The other possibility it's is yep. that they see relations with China and our interaction with China being more important than the truth. And so they didn't want to anger the Chinese and disrupt our scientific cooperation. This is essentially what Fauci and Collins were saying in emails back to each other, that if this became known as coming from a lab, that it would disrupt the business of science. Do you know how evil that sounds? Does that sound Sound like what an evil villain would say while hundreds of thousands of Americans are dying from this virus that they created in a lab in Wuhan, China that we helped pay for. Do you know how profoundly evil that is? Do you know how badly somebody needs to go to jail for this? And here is uh, Eric Bowling with Rand Paul asking the obvious question. But if it came from science, if it came from a lab, it's already pre-adapted for humans and spreads more quickly. So even our health response needed to know whether it came from lab or from animals. But all indications are that this was pre-adapted huh. in a laboratory huh. to become more infectious for humans. Weird. And the, the uh, American government, led by Anthony Fauci, funded this effort through a decade's how, work. How is that not a homicide? How is this not murder? How, whoa, how is this whoa, not? Whoa. Senator Fauci knew if he did. What, what am I missing? Very quick. He should be culpable. He should be brought before us and he should be made to tell the truth. We have a mountain of evidence, though, because we have his emails. So we essentially know that he lied to the public from the beginning. Privately, he actually believed it came from the lab. Publicly, he called a conspiracy theory. So uh, the big lie began from the beginning, but it was mostly to cover up his connection and his responsibility for funding this research in China. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's basically what happened. And uh, uh, the uh, reporter was confronted. He confronted uh, spokesman Matt Miller about uh, the U.S. stonewalling on uh, gain of function. And old Matt, he didn't, he didn't like that very much, not one little bit. I think he's on fire here. How much money went from USAID to this, to the work at Wuhan and to their collaborator, Ralph Barrick, at the University of North Carolina uh, to create, the, to collect and 
make coronaviruses that are weaponized, that um, are more deadly. So I, first of all, reject the implicit accusation. In I don't question, care. And I do not have at my finger. I, 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 I do not. I do not have at my fingertips the particular details of USAID. Are you saying question. for certain? Go ahead. Are you saying for certain go, that go, no go, USAID go, money go, went to the uh, Wuhan I, I, Institute I've of Virology? Question. Go ahead. No, please tell me. Do you? you know, do you? I, I, are you I, stating I, that no? Oh, he's already moved on from the question. You're not going to get an answer on that. All right. Well, like I said, the truth is coming out. Uh, you know, all we need to do is just add a little kindling to that fire, then set back and watch it burn. Colonel John Mills coming up next to talk about what's going on with the collaboration between Iran, North Korea, Russia, and whatnot. This is The Rob Carson Show. This is a Wednesday edition of the Rob Carson Show. If you uh, miss any of the show, make sure to check out the podcast. We take the entire show. We make it into a two-part podcast. I know, I know. You're like, oh, my God, is it Christmas already? No, it's free. All you got to do is go to Newsmax.com slash listen. You'll hear Jerry Callahan. You'll also hear, uh, uh, let's see, Greg Kelly. He's got a podcast. Of course, they all pale in comparison to mine. But, you know, they're part of the team. Uh, <laughs> Newsmax.com slash uh, listen. Uh, Colonel John Mills joins us on the Newsmax hotline, former director of cybersecurity policy, the Department of Defense, author of The Nation Will Follow. And again, he is on the Newsmax hotline, frequent Newsmax contributor. Uh, Colonel, how are you today? Hey, Rob, doing great. Thank you. Always an honor to be on your show. Well, it's it's great to have somebody with uh, real expertise on this. Uh, I don't try to be an expert on everything because I can't be, and uh, and you have uh, certainly devoted your life to what you do. Let me ask you this. Uh, the first big question was Kim Jong-un's train ride to Moscow to uh, to deliver, I guess, uh, artillery munitions to Russia. What does this mean, this partnership, to us? Well, this is very interesting. This meeting was all about three numbers, 152, 122, and 762. That's the 152 and 122 millimeter artillery rounds that Putin needs so uh, badly and is using so many of in Ukraine and also the 762 uh, rifle and machine gun ammunition. So it's all about that, but it also begs further questions. Are we going to start seeing South, uh, excuse me, excuse me, North Korean volunteers on the battlefield, uh, like the Korean War era? Are, we, are they going to, you know, individuals and units are going to start popping up to uh, supplement the uh, the Russian forces? Uh, bottom line, uh, Putin needs uh, arms and uh, weapons and and personnel. Uh, North Korea needs cash, so it's it's a very interesting dynamic that. Uh, will change potentially change the entire Ukraine war that is going on right now but again that's just that's just one theater uh, with the with the showdown with the China led um, uh, agreement to take down America and China is the senior partner by far and you uh, you are convinced that China does have a plan and I've seen some of the evidence that China does have a plan and if you look at all of the hallmarks of the last three years you would see the uh, the hallmarks of a Maoist revolution in the United States so you're saying that this has happened I've been saying for a while that uh, we've been in the middle of a civil war in a war with China we're in the middle of it right now would you uh, would you agree with that 
Well, absolutely. I mean, it's Unrestricted Warfare, uh, a, a book uh, on their plan, which has essentially become their Clausewitzian manual on how to take down America. That's from 1999 by two Chinese colonels, Unrestricted uh, unrestricted Warfare, by all means. Now, there is a formal, essentially, treaty in effect in fall of 2021 signed by uh, China and Russia, the No Boundaries, No Limits Agreement, which is, a, a fact, it, it's Essentially, the agreement to take down America and topple uh, topple America, and uh, they uh, they they want they do not want a an American led world system or an American led world. They want a Chinese led world, and that is what's going on here. That's what it's all about. And we just saw the BRICS in uh, South Africa, where they essentially came up with a plan to replace the dollar as the world's reserve currency. That's their their first and foremost goal is re- replacing the dollar. Uh, but um, hey, the, the COVID virus, now we find out that six CIA analysts were bribed to keep their mouths shut about the possible origin of the virus. This is absolutely disgraceful, shocking, and outrageous. Um, but yeah, by whatever they're going to do, whether it's fentanyl, 10,000 dead every month, Philadelphia, you know, the Kensington District, 10,000 dead a month in America from fentanyl, 100% from China, now made under Chinese supervision in northern Mexico. If 10,000 dead a month, that's 120,000 a year. That's more than we lost in 40 years of combat in the entire Vietnam War and the War on Terror. If that's not compelling and evidence of their their uh, uh, war on America, I frankly don't know what to say. Well, I said this at the beginning of the uh, the fentanyl crisis, that these uh, the fentanyl is being slipped into medication that looks like prescription medication, so a lot of young people are going online to find uh, a Xanax or another pill like that, and they're finding out it's been adulterated with uh, fentanyl. That's murder, Colonel Mills. That is murder. That is warfare against the United States. Would you not consider that to be murder, disguising fentanyl in common medication? Yeah, this is mass poisoning. This is just mass murder. This is not a drug issue. Everybody just, oh, well, we need treatment. We need this. No, 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 no. This is, this is mass poisoning. It is mass murder. And now China is, you know, there's four Chinese nationals that have been indicted by the Department of Justice for their supervision because now they are now supervising the drug cartels in ungoverned space in northern Mexico. And this is why the authorization to use military force is being discussed in Congress because now they are in northern Mexico because it's far more efficient for them to send the formulary components to northern Mexico. Chinese paramilitaries oversee the final assembly into the different components, like you said, uh, fake pharmaceuticals. Um, so they are overseeing the, the former drug cartels. The drug cartels are essentially now subcontractors or operating under the supervision of China. This is war. We're losing 120,000 people a year. Uh, American citizens a year. This is this is insanity. If that's not compelling, I frankly don't know what to say. So, Colonel, uh, uh, Colonel you're you're uh, with your military expertise, and and I proposed this uh, a long time ago. Uh, we send in special forces. We paint targets. We uh, we blow up uh, the manufacturing facilities. We blow up the uh, the mansions of the uh, drug lords, uh, and we declare war that way. Send in drones, whatever it takes. What would your uh, plan be if we were going to declare war on the drug lords, who effectively, by the way, are running Mexico? 
Yeah, that, that's we need we need an authorization to use military force. I think there's a growing bipartisan consensus that we need that. This this cannot be handled as a just a my uh, just a demand issue. Americans are demanding these. No, 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 no. This is totally different. We do need a legally an authorization to use military force. Then we can once we have that. And Mike Waltz uh, from Florida, Representative Waltz from Florida, is one of the leaders on this. But many others are are, are supporting this. And that's when you can start using and uh, cr- creating this as uh, as a Department of Defense Title Ten mission. Advance we send advanced force operate operators down there to start uh, um, setting up the situation for military strikes, and then we take uh, we make an example out of. Uh, some of the factories, and by declaring the Chinese paramilitaries in northern military, calling them paramilitaries, that's a legal term, meaning they are, they are lawful combatants on the battlefield. The Chinese nationals can then be dealt with appropriately. But that's once we make an example out of one of these um, one of these factories in northern Mexico making the deadly fentanyl drugs, uh, it's amazing how this problem is going to suddenly go away uh, after we make the example. And if we have if we have to see, I, I would uh, do. I would do this in in combination with telling uh, Mexico that uh, you shut down this border or all trade and travel and everything ends in Mexico. We'll give you to Friday. That's what I would do. I would do a two-front uh, approach, like you mentioned, special forces, to uh, to militarily target the manufacturers of these drugs that are coming to the United States. And then, a uh, like like Donald Trump did, Donald Trump said, send troops to the border or we're going to put a 25% tariff on all cars. I think we ought to take it even further. Let me ask you this, uh, Colonel John Mills. Uh, there are a lot of talk about World War III. Um, we have managed to stumble and bumble our way into wars in the past. Um, what do you? What's happening right now with uh, with Ukraine? Our de facto war with Russia, sending billions of our dollars to Ukraine, not uh, requiring an itemized list. What's the state of the war, Russia Ukraine, and the possibility we get dragged into something much worse? Well, this is dragging on far longer. I mean, Russia's promise to China as part of that, literally, there were meetings between Xi and Putin in advance of uh, Russia's invasion of uh, Ukraine. Uh, Putin said 90 days. Well, here we are almost two years later and, uh, you know, uh, uh, excuse me, 72 hours, excuse me, 72 hours. And here we are almost two years later. So this is becoming, I mean, it's, 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 it's a horrible situation. It's, it's not going to go away. Putin and she will not relent, but it is essentially the advance element of the in overall showdown between the China-led system and the American-led system. So it is a huge drain on resources. Um, it, it's unclear who you can say has the upper hand um, uh, from Zaporizhia, which is essentially in the middle portion of the Russian-held territory in Ukraine. Ukraine does seem to be now making some progress uh, and also has been very effectively striking targets on the Crimea Peninsula using uh, both airborne drones and also seaborne drones. Let me ask um, you this, because without getting into the minutia of, uh, minutia of, uh, of the, uh, the battlefronts and whatnot, um, what do you suppose Joe Biden's connection with China, Ukraine has in postponing and, and lengthening the, this war? He's got a lot of money from Ukraine. He got a lot of money from China. How do you suppose this works into this this uh, situation we find ourselves in? 
it's absolutely part of the equation. Uh, we now have the FBI 1023 forms. We now have the Department of Treasury suspicious activity reports, over a hundred of them, which also, uh, from what we've heard of the several dozen Congress, uh, Congress members of Congress who have seen the SARS and the 1023s, it initially links the Biden family to uh, largesse received from Ukraine. So, of course, there's an interest in the Biden and the blue team spiking this story, but it's a lot more than that. I mean, now we have, I mean, this this crazy story where six CIA analysts have, have now come forward and have said they were essentially bribed to keep their mouths shut on uh, the origins of the COVID virus. I mean, if this is this overall cabal is not treasonous, I don't know what is. But yes, there's tentacles all of this to the Biden family. All this links to Blinken and his 51 intel officer lettering um, that the fraud that steered the election and influence, talk about unlawful election interference, the 51 intel officers that Blinken arranged out of the UPenn Biden nonprofit. Uh, talk about election <laughs> interference. All have you ever seen that. anything? Have you, ever, have you ever seen anything like when you were, you know, when you were uh, working with the DOD and whatnot? Can you imagine? Did you imagine any of this was going on? Yes, it's been said on a number of occasions, America will never fall to an external threat, but it's always this incredibly malign behavior of those who couldn't care less about constitutional America and will do whatever it takes, uh, including collusion with China, Russia, um, your total bribes and payoffs to throw an election and make sure Donald J. Trump didn't win in 2020. Uh, I've, there is a deep state. There is a swamp. Donald J. Trump was right. And we are, we, America, we have to decide, or do we want a constitutional America or do we just want to be corrupt like every other country that's ever existed in history? So this is, this is, uh, no, I never This is why I think, these things. Th- this is why I say we're, we are in the beginning stages of the real American revolution. And in this American revolution, which I believe will be peaceful, I'm praying it will be more of a Berlin wall, mo- wall moment than a Tiananmen Square moment. But in this a revolution, the Minutemen will be Asian and black and women and white and German and all of this. We've changed so fundamentally. We became the greatest engine of individual and economic freedom in the history of mankind. So this revolution is going to be much more profound, and I, I believe that good will come out of it. Colonel John Mills, thanks for joining me today. you got a book. It's called The Nation Will Follow. Where can people find you on social media? Well, thank you. I'm Colonel Rhett John, Colonel R.T. John on Substack, Getter, and Truth. And book two, War Against the Deep State, comes out on October 2nd. So go to www.waragainstthedeepstake.com. The book comes out on the 2nd of October. You can pre-order Kindle now. Ed Martin did the forward and some great endorsements. General uh, Flynn, Sam uh, Sorbo. Uh, Ambassador Pete Hoekstra, Steve Stern from Flag Shirt and Precinct Project, General Blaine Holt and Vandersteel. Great number of endorsements. War against the deep state. War against the deep state. Colonel John Mills, we'll have you back on when the uh, book comes out, when I get a chance to thumb through it, okay? Have a glorious day, and thanks for joining me. Let's take a break. This is The Rob Carson Show. Coming up on the show, Poppy Harlow. She's on CNN. She gave the New Mexico governor a little what fur 
on this whole, uh, you know, restricting the uh, Second Amendment, suspending the Second Amendment. John uh, Kennedy got some great audio from him coming up uh, as well. And, uh, and wow, you won't believe how badly the Biden administration is about to screw UAW members. If you're down with, uh, with electric vehicles and all that, oh boy, wait till you hear. Wait till you hear how badly you're getting screwed with electric vehicles. So that is coming up. Inflation accelerated to 3.7% as consumer prices heat up again. Well, I thought the uh, Inflation Reduction Act was going to fix that. And if I'm not mistaken, back in 2008, there was a subprime mortgage problem. Uh, my wife and I, we ended up losing our house. Uh, you know, we signed some papers. We're told that the uh, rate was going to go down, all of this stuff. Oh, sure, it's your fault, Carson. Okay, all right, fine. But, you know, a lot of people got homes they couldn't afford. We weren't one of those. We could afford it. We just couldn't afford it at 7 point whatever percent interest. And then, uh, you know, uh, the whole thing collapsed on us, and our home values imploded, went down 35%. Do you trust the government? Do you trust the government with your home? Do you trust the government with anything? Do you trust the government with your money? You know, a government that presides over the failure of two of the largest bank collapses in history this year? Yeah. You might want to consider maybe, I don't know, taking your money, a little bit of money out of your bank, or maybe taking a little bit of that 401k, investing in something that's always had value, will continue to have value, that is precious metals. Honestly, you consider what they're doing with digital currency? You don't think it'd be a good idea to have a little gold and silver just to have on your own? You never know how this is going to happen. What's going to happen? So... What I would do is, is call uh, Swiss America. They were a, uh, a, a triple A uh, recommended BBB company. Uh, I've done business with them. You probably have done, many of you have done business with them. What I want you to do is write down this number, okay? So grab a pen. You owe it your, to yourself to write down this number just to get some information, okay? Or you can buy U.S. Silver Walking Liberty half dollars right now it just for $13.50. So you can get information about investing, or if you just want to go ahead and get some, some of these great walking Liberty half dollars, $13.50, 250 per customer while, uh, while supplies last, call this number. Here it is, 800-289-2646, 800-289-2646. Mention my name, Rob Carson, when you call or text, or visit SwissAmerica.com slash Carson, Okay. So walking liberty half dollars, just thirteen fifty, each delivered to your door while supplies last. Call or text 800-289-2646 or visit SwissAmerica.com slash Carson. Uh, uh, messaging and data rates may apply or do apply, I should say. So that's what's going on with the, uh, with, uh, the economy. The economy is, uh, is not looking good. I remember, and I didn't realize how bad it was. Last summer, I, I drove, I mentioned to you, we drove down to uh, uh, Panama Beach, Florida as our vacation, family vacation. We drove through uh, Missouri, Arkansas, Alabama, Mississippi, uh, Panhandle of Florida, all this, and saw people walking on the side of the streets with their Dollar General bags, people living in homes that were unhab- uninhabitable, uh, small towns drying up. And then I saw it in where I grew up, southwest Iowa, in places like Panama, Iowa, and uh, Honey Creek and Crescent and Missouri Valley. And it's, it's, we're all hurting because of this. And I can't even imagine if you're on a fixed income or, or if you're working three jobs. And every time you go to the grocery store, it's insane. One of the biggest videos I ever did on Twitter was the, the two pounds of turkey at Walmart the other day. That's gone from four ninety eight to $9.13. Sure, as you're... Paycheck increase that much? Oh, people are suffering. 
Hope is on the way, but you got to be, uh, you got to stay strong. All right, let's take a break. We've got much more coming up with the show. The number is 800-922-6680. This is the Rob Carson Show. Back in a few. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen. Imagine this. It's the dead of the night. You're lying in bed. Suddenly you hear something go bump. What's your next move? Well, you reach for the ultimate solution, the new MC-14T tip-up pistol from EAA Corp. and Gerson. This game-changing firearm is perfect for those with limited hand strength, disabilities, or anyone seeking a comfortable and user-friendly alternative. Picture this. The MC-14T features an ingenious tip-up barrel design, making loading and unloading a breeze. Say goodbye to struggles while racking a slide. Just load the tip-up barrel, lock it back down, and you're ready to fire. The MC-14T is chambered in 380 ACP, boasting a 13-plus-1 round capacity, with its reliable stopping power and compact size, it's an excellent choice for personal defense, complete with accessory rail and ambidextrous safeties. Experience a new level of convenience available with all EAA Corp distributors, starting at an incredibly affordable MSRP of just $498. Don't miss out on this game-changing firearm. Visit eaacorp.com today. That's eaacorp.com. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. Hour number two of The Rob Carson Show. We're going to be talking to Annabella Rockwell. She is a uh, former indoctrinated Marxist turned conservative. So she detransitioned after, I guess, leaving college. We'll talk to her about that at the uh, bottom of the hour. I think uh, things are beginning to turn with regard to this uh, indoctrination of our youth, particularly with Gen Z. Uh, I think Gen Z is about done with all of the adults who've been in charge and have really bleeped things up for them. A new survey says fired up young men are trending conservative. Maybe it's because they're being told uh, or just sick and tired of being told their masculinity is toxic. How about that? I'm thinking that's it. Or maybe being over-medicated since birth. Multi-billion dollar industry of ADD and ADHD meant to uh, keep boys from being boys. Yeah, I've been saying I have been saying this for years. So uh, a new a new survey out monitoring the future. Uh, they've been doing this since 1975, and they found that 23% of 12th grade boys identify as conservative, only 13% describing them as liberal. Over the decades, it shows that while conservative identification in young men trends uh, upwards in the 80s and 90s, it steadily declined until recent years when the shift was uh, noted. Young women, however, are tending to go left, 30% identifying as liberal in 2022. Hence, uh, one of the reasons why social contagion like uh, transgenderism uh, tends to target largely young girls. You can't say that. Oh, yeah, I can. You bet I can. Uh, so anyway, I think it's possible. And listen, uh, honestly, to, to those who are Gen Z who are listening to the show, and there are, I know there are many, um, you have. You've been, you've been through a lot of abuse and nonsense by the people who should have known better. And you millennials, too, by the way. 
when Barack Obama was the president and, and in 2007 the economy was crap and then Barack Obama was the president and for literally for eight years annual GDP growth was 1% and your, your uh, prospects uh, dwindled as the economy just kind of idled along. So you kind of were kneecapped a little bit there. Nothing compared to Gen Z who had their lives destroyed by COVID nonsense and then all the woke BS in school. So here, here, young conservatives. Uh, you know, welcome to the fold. We respect you, all right? We would never tell you you have to wear a mask to see your grandma, all right? I do find it funny that the New York Times and the Washington Post uh, both ran op-eds branding uh, Joe Biden uh, 80 years old, too old for office. And yet, I was just looking at this. Uh, apparently, uh, Maxine Waters is cool. She's 85. Steny Hoyer is 84. Cool. Nancy Pelosi, 83. She's cool. Not too old. James Clyburn, 83. Not too old. No, 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 no. And then there's, uh, let me see, uh, uh, Harold Rogers, uh, Kentucky, 85. Eleanor Holmes Norton is 86. Diane Feinstein is 90. She's going to retire at the end of her term. Uh, Chuck Grassley is 89. Why aren't those too old? Why aren't they too old? Oh, maybe because the uh, maybe because it's just becoming so uh, overwhelmingly obvious that Joe Biden's brain isn't working. That combined with the polling that show he is going to lose, and the impeachment inquiry, and all of the undeniable truth of corruption is is uh, finally hitting home. But they're going to try and say it's about age. Well, remove everybody else then over eighty years old. If it's really about age, do that. Start writing stories on uh, you know whoever. Please, but they won't, but they won't. Um, I did mention David Ignatius, and I just think it's funny, and I want to play some of this audio. He's a, a reliably liberal columnist for uh, the, uh, the the New York Times, and uh, yesterday he was introduced by uh, Mika Brzezinski. Here she is reading a little bit of his column. I didn't get to the column to this part because I found it to be so vomitous. And in it you write, quote, Biden wrote his political testament in his inaugural address. When our day... Our children and our children's children will say of us, they gave their best. They did their duty. They healed a broken land. Oh, dear Mr. God. President, maybe this is that moment when duty has been served. Duty. Biden would carry two big liabilities into a 2024 campaign. By the way, I said New York Times, he's WAPO. He would be 82 when he began a second term. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And according to a recent Associated Press NORC poll, 77% of the public think he is too old to be effective for four more years. Yeah, but uh, Diane Feinstein's fine, and uh, Mitch uh, McConnell is perfectly fine, and uh, Maxine Waters all perfectly fine. Yeah, it's not about age. Here's uh, Mika and Dave. I don't know why you would question his ability to beat him again. Um, there are other presidents who <laughs> are later in years, including uh, the Republican presumptive nominee. Yeah. Uh-huh. Is this real? Here we go. This one, it's age. About Kamala Harris. So is it about Kamala Harris? My argument, what led me to write this piece, um, just right. I admire many things that President Biden has done in domestic. This, where, this is where... Um, David Ignatius shows that he is an unplugged East Coast elitist. Okay, this is where he proves because if this if this clueless if he's this clueless about Joe Biden his legacy and what he's done considering the state of the country, 
then honestly, what credibility does he have about anything? Foreign policy. I do think that that legacy and at the center of his uh, legacy is the fact that he that he stopped Trump. He stopped him in 2020. He stopped Trump uh, supporters in the midterm elections. Uh, he's mobilized the, the Justice Department uh, that is now bringing to uh, be weaponized against Trump and his supporters and uh, all of that. That's not what I wanted to play. I want to play one more soundbite from uh, David Ignatius. Here is uh, David Ignatius, Joe Biden's too old to run suddenly. Again, the heart of it is uh, whether uh, Joe Biden is the best person to carry this legacy forward. He may decide. Only if it weighs less than five pounds. He's the only person who can defeat Donald Trump. I mean, he's, This is where it gets really deep. That is his mission. That's why, why he ran in the first place no, back in, in 2019. No. He, may, he may decide he's the guy who can do it and <laughs> nobody else can. And that's, that's his decision. But I felt it was time to have a more public discussion about this. Um, it, it is, as I say, something I'd be surprised if you and Joe and the people you talk with are, are not discussing it in private. I, certainly, I, I find that everywhere I go, it's, it's, it's a subject. There you go again. That's uh, Earlier, I, I played the audio of Joe Scarborough. Everybody he talks to says Joe Biden is not able to be the president. He's too old, you know. And there's and there's uh, David Ignatius. So they're finally have to admit that everybody is saying it. And I told you this. I told you that it, despite the cool as a cucumber kind of look that they give you on television, every day Democrats freak out. They wake up freaked out knowing that Joe Biden is the president and Kamala Harris is the backup. And, and then, of course, there's the impeachment query and all of the uh, the massive evidence. Yesterday, here, Corinne Jean-Pierre. Yesterday, uh, she uh, she was asked about it, and uh, and Joe Biden is now uh, casually addressing impeachment, claiming the GOP is coming after him over connections with Hunter's Biden's shady deals because they want to shut down the government. That's that's why. Okay, sure, sure. But he, listen to KJP. KJP's asking questions about the impeachment, and and I don't know. I wouldn't doubt seeing her step down sometime. But anyway, here, listen to this. But what you see Republicans uh, in Congress, they have uh, spent all year investigating the president and uh, have turned up with no evidence. None. Okay, so now the logical question is, but no, there's reams and reams of evidence and dozens of LLCs and tens of millions of dollars deposited and distributed and, and the quid pro quo with Ukraine and Burisma and the quid pro quo with the uh, widow of the mayor of Moscow and the 1023 forms and the IRS whistleblowers and all that stuff. That, folks. Can you explain why the president interacted with so many of his son's <laughs> foreign business associates. More than half of voters told CNN they believe the president was involved and he lied. Yeah, bye-bye. You can't have a response to that for you. <laughs> That's just fantastic. Oh, and then and then Nancy Pelosi, when she was talking to uh, Anderson Cooper about impeachment, here's what Nan had to say. Despite months of investigation, the Republicans have yet to find any evidence That's right. in, implicating then-Vice President Biden in his uh, in his son's affairs. Again, there's, there's another clueless uh, liberal looking at the tens of millions of dollars and the bank records and all of this and saying, obviously, Joe Biden is not involved. Is, um, I mean, McCarthy is saying this is just an inquiry. Is it inevitable that it will be an impeachment? Well, I, I think that really is more of a, a, a matter of the politics of the Republican caucus. You have to impeach the president or else we're going to vacate the chair of speaker. You can't. You have to shut down government or else we're going to vacate the yeah, chair. That's it. Okay, this sure. is not responsible governance. 
but it's the chaos on the Republican side. Yeah, this is uh, funny because, you know, Donald Trump was impeached for nothing both times, and both impeachments failed. One of them was because of a phone call to the U- Ukrainian president saying, hey, we know that there's some uh, stuff going on with Burisma, and there's an investigation there, and we know that Hunter Biden was brought on board of Burisma to get the heat off of Burisma, and then Joe Biden said that he got the f- the prosecutor fired for a billion-dollar loan guarantee. We know that because he had the audacity to to say it out loud. But here is uh, Nancy Pelosi saying that the real onus is on the high crimes and misdemeanors of Donald Trump, who was impeached twice, and both impeachments failed. And now they're trying to say, well, we're not going to have a vote because uh, Nancy didn't have a vote the first day. No, we had a vote. We were in preparation for a vote. But again, this is a big deal, an impeachment. You have to do it with care and not on impulse. Um, like you guys did uh, a month into Donald Trump's first term? And we, until we had the case <laughs> wow. ready, that's when we went forward. Now, they again no. have been investigating for months coming up with nothing and now they're going to say on the basis of nothing we're not going to have a vote on how we go forward don't blame it on me just take responsibility for what you are doing there and don't misrepresent the care that we took the respect that we had for the institution to go forward in a way that really addressed the high crimes and misdemeanors of Donald Trump. The, the high drives and misdemeanors and both the impeachments that were shown to be a joke, particularly the first one, but exonerated in both cases. Yeah, it exonerated in both cases. Both, all the evidence that they supposedly have resulted in nothing. But I guess they consider that a victory. And this is Chuck Schumer in 2019 on impeachment versus today. Best interest of our country and our Constitution to proceed with an impeachment inquiry. I strongly support Speaker Pelosi's decision. I think the impeachment inquiry is absurd. (laughs) Wow. The American people want us to do something that will make their lives better, not go off on these chases and uh, witch hunts. Yeah, we're still waiting for the lives getting better thing. That's the one thing you guys have been in charge forever. Rounds are in New York. I remember standing there the next day. That's a lie, it's so clear. This is Jim Gossett, by the way. Ground zero, Joe wasn't near. Now he lied about that. Because he only has lies for you. And you, and you, and you. To a gold star mom, Joe lied. He made her so upset that she cried. Because he only had lies for you, yeah. How someone could honestly be so heartless. Is Joe aware of what he's saying? I don't think so. Or is it all senility? (laughs) No, it's his age. It's his age. Tells a lie. Bah, bah. Everyone on his staff wonders why. Nothing Joe Biden says is true. And he only has lies. He only has lies for you. Eight hundred nine two two 
Six six eight zero. Tim Ballard, the uh, guy who uh, who was uh, the, the voice of uh, freedom, was based on uh, appeared before Congress yesterday to talk about the eighty five thousand migrant kids who've disappeared. Uh, we're going to talk to that. Also, uh, I've got to, most Americans not concerned about the latest COVID variant. Huh. That's on the way. Again, eight hundred nine two two six six eight zero. Let's take a break and come back. It's the Rob Carson Show. Did you take my advice and uh, listen to this song, Edwin Starr, 25 Miles? You should, because it's really awesome. It is uh, my go-to, one of my go-tos. I listen to a lot of music. I'm... I'm just so enjoying music, and and I, uh, I, I worked in music radio forever, and a lot of the times, you know, when you work in music radio, it's like working at Taco Bell. When you get off work at Taco Bell, you don't want to eat Taco Bell. So music, you know, I'm like, <clears throat> I, I still carry the shrapnel of music radio with me. Like every time I hear the romantics, what I like about you, I've got to turn it because radio beat the snot of that song, and, and I never want to hear it again. But now uh, that I'm away from it, I, I'm listening to music and just... Just so much good music. Such an important part of our life. This is why life in America is so amazing. This is why we should defend America. Because America invented rock and roll. Okay? America invented jazz and country music. Okay? America. All right? It's amazing. It's amazing. Without America, what would we listen to? Harpsichord music? You know? Somebody playing a lute? (laughs) You know? It's just stupid. America's awesome, and we created a lot of cool stuff, and uh, God bless America, and America's going to win. America's going to win, by gosh, in heaven. So uh, yesterday, Representative Clay Higgins, I, I like Clay Higgins. He's very theatrical, uh, and he's a, he's a hell of a statesman. He's just interesting to watch. Um, anyway, he tore into ACLU lawyer Lee Gallant during a hearing about uh, all of the the children who are missing. And yesterday they're having a hearing on uh, the open border and child trafficking, which was featured in Tim Ballard's movie, The the Story About His Life, where Jim Caviezel played him, Voice of Freedom. But here is uh, Clay Higgins talking to this ACLU attorney who is clearly willing to dismiss the fact that 85,000 children have disappeared into the fabric of our country. They are being sponsored. A lot of these sponsors are just uh, sponsors in name, but really are nothing more than shills for those who would child sex traffic them. They never follow up these sponsors. This is all going to catch up eventually, but here is is, uh, Clay Higgins. You're here representing the ACLU, sir. Do you speak on behalf of the ACLU this day? Yes. You're here voluntarily? Yes. Are you here with counsel or are you by yourself? I'm by myself. Congratulations. These 85,000 <laughs> missing children. What's your opinion about that? Yeah. How's the ACLU feel about 85,000 missing children? So, you think their civil rights might be being violated? Our view is that those children are not likely missing, that sure. sponsors don't simply answer the phone. Yeah, the sponsors are. Sponsors just don't answer the phone. For real. You know that, <laughs> wow. right? It's a racket. It's a sponsor racket. That's why they're not answering the phone. That's why you can't find who they are. The vast, large percentage of these sponsors, these kids are getting sucked into into sex trafficking primarily, human slavery. The policies of this administration are supporting that. We're partnering with the cartels with human trafficking. Here's Clay Higgins talking to a Tim Ballard who literally left his job at the DHS because he wanted to find these 
sex traffickers and rescue these children. And in my remaining few seconds, can you assess from your perspective exactly what Congress should do to help our, our agents at the southern border? First, we need to go find those 85,000 children. Yes. And we need to start enforcing the laws that Congress put up on the executive branch, which is to enforce the border. That's the most compassionate, and it's the only compassionate policy for children, is to suck the wind out of the cells of the criminal networks making $14 million a day trafficking women and children into our country. You end it by enforcing the border policy. Do you realize what a uh, payday the uh, open southern border is, not only for the cartels, but also these uh, non-G, non-government agencies that get so much bloody money from the federal government, enough to put up people at $400 a night hotels, even though they're here illegally. Uh, it is remarkable the amount of our money that's being channeled uh, toward this illegal enterprise. It is, a, it is an enterprise. It is an enterprise fueled by by your and my money, among other things. And then also, on top of all of that, did you hear the latest? $158 billion in unemployment fraud uh, with regard to the COVID emergency. So on top of a half a trillion dollars in funds for COVID emergency funding, uh, fraudulently, guys, I mean, if it isn't obvious to you that this federal government, this deep state needs to be uh, blown up and reinvented in a peaceful fashion, then honestly, get out of the way. Because any time a government wastes $600 billion on fraud is a time that that iteration of the government needs to be taken out. Let's take a break and come back. Recovering Marxist Annabella Rockwell next. Somebody call a plumber. It's time to drain the swamp. It's the Rob Carson Show. Yeah, that uh, that swamp is pretty uh, pretty backed up right now. I'll tell you that it needs to be drained more than ever before. On the Newsmax hotline is Annabella Rockwell. She is a public speaker, a news contributor, a formerly indoctrinated indoctrinated Marxist turned conservative Mount Holyoke graduate, and she joins us now. Hello, Annabelle. How are you? Hi, Rob. Thanks so much for having me. I'm I'm just checking out your your bio here, and uh, like so many, you went off to academia and were immediately indoctrinated. You went to Mount Holyoke, right? I did. I did the oldest women's college in the country. It's the first of the seven sisters. Gotcha. Now, so you uh, you went as a bright eyed, bushy tailed uh, uh, student off to Mount Holyoke, and and tell me exactly uh, in a nutshell your experience and how. I mean, you were steered toward Marxism, dyed-in-the-wool Marxism like so many uh, young people. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and tell us that, will you? Mm -hmm. And I'll start by saying one of the reasons I went to Mount Holyoke is because it was founded in 1837. It is so academically rigorous and renowned, and I was so excited when I got in because it is such an academic institution. So I'm already going there with this mindset of, wow, I've made it, you know, New England, quintessential college experience. And I entered college in the fall of 2011, so really before I think we kind of saw so much of this wokeism in the, in the media. So I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I get there, and as soon as I arrive, I'm hit with, you know, don't assume someone's gender. I had never even thought of gender before this, and everyone takes gender studies courses. It's the cool thing. So next thing you know, I'm jumping into feminism, and that turns into, you know, Men are evil, men are the root of all problems, men start all wars, and this patriarchy is toxic and it keeps females oppressed. So here I am in this environment that's supposed to be building women up and they're actually totally tearing me down. 
and telling me that, you know, gender is a spectrum, it's totally fluid. We had students, even though it wasn't women's college, we did have students that were transitioning while I was there. And, you know, nobody, nobody knew, because I was coming from a school in Florida, I hadn't even experienced this yet. Again, it was 2011, and I graduated in 2015. But while I was there, you know, I went one way. Like I said, I went very open-minded. I was close with my family. I was an athlete. You know, I, I participated in the church. And there was no room for free speech. So I didn't even have the ability to challenge any of these beliefs. And you hear a lie enough times it becomes the truth. So eventually, about two years in, I'm completely indoctrinated buying all of this propaganda that men are bad, America's bad, I'm, I'm racist inherently just because I'm white, all these really detrimental lies and, lies and beliefs that you carry into the workforce. And that was one of the things you're kind of trained there is you are trained and groomed to be a social justice warrior so that when you go into corporate America, your goal is to basically burn it down and change it from the inside out. So those were the ideas that were placed on me, and I completely bought into it because there was no room for another opinion. Now, it's gotten worse, Annabelle. Now, when I was in college, obviously much uh, earlier than you, because I graduated in 1990, uh, it, was, it was beginning to happen, um, but, uh, but really millennials were the first fully indoctrinated uh, generation to go through this from uh, elementary school through, uh, through liberal academia. Uh, things have gotten worse, though, Annabelle. I'd like to know if, if, what you've heard about how bad academia has become, and then I want to hear about how you detransitioned, as it were. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty bad. For example, Harvard University, the best school in, if not the country, the world, was ranked the worst school for free speech in America. I mean, that should tell you all that you need to know. And the thing is that the students graduating from these colleges, they are going into the, the teaching force. They're doing Teach for America, K-12. through So we're seeing it throughout all schools now. And I've had hundreds of parents reach out, first of all, saying thank you. They didn't understand what was happening to their kid. They went away to school one way, now they're completely different. And, and just have, have, the, have the signifier that it's indoctrination, like it gives people a lot of clarity of, okay, this is really happening. There is an agenda. You know, 70% of college admin are left or left-leaning. So it is, it, you know, it's heavy in the colleges, but it is in all of the schools now. I mean, you see in grade school, Children are giving books that are essentially pornography. It's completely inappropriate. It is very psychologically damaging, and it makes them susceptible to manipulation, frankly. Um, what convinced and, you, though, Annabelle? I'm, I'm curious. What, what turned you around? I am, I am so lucky, and I am so fortunate that my mom is, I, I call her a tiger helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> tiger helicopter. I love that. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Sorry. That's yeah. hilarious. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Thank you. Um, yes. so there was a period of time, Rob, where I was estranged from my family, and I was estranged because they weren't affirming all of these new ideas that I had, right? I was like bra burning feminist, super leftist, and they were like, this isn't you. You know, I'm not putting up with it anymore. And so my mom had actually kind of cut me off, contact financially to sort of let me figure it out on my own. I kind of hit a point of total inner turmoil, right? Because these ideas create anxiety, depression. I think we see it millennials, like 60% of us, I say us because I'm a millennial, 60% of us take some sort of drug every day, the majority of which is anti-anxiety medicine. I actually, and I say this, I stopped drinking and I got a clear mind. And I, and I say that because- Isn't that amazing? Hey, I did the yeah. same thing, Annabelle. Woo! Oh my God! You didn't need those drugs after all. Oh, my God. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Go and, ahead. As soon as 
once that happened, I mean, I finally was able to kind of humble myself a little bit. Like, I really want a relationship with my family again. Like, this is painful. This is tough. And I started to just kind of listen. Like, this is the thing is my mom never backed down. And I, she never let up. My whole family never let up that they were kind of like accepting this version of me. That was totally they'd never seen before. It was like all of a sudden I was 20 and I was a different person. That's what I say to parents is like, if your kid is so confused and they're like, I'm a girl, I'm a boy, I'm a girl, I'm a boy, like, don't, don't allow it. Like, when you love someone, you tell them the truth. And, my, you know, my parents told me the truth, even if it meant not having a relationship with me for a period of time. Um, so that was kind of really, it was the clear mind. And then 2020 is when I snapped out of it because I started to look at my, my social media news feed and it was people saying, burn it down, no justice, no peace, right is your First Amendment. Keep in mind, I'm coming from the mindset of, you know, I was taught to protest in college. I did think at one point protest was my was free speech. But now seeing businesses being burned, it finally clicks like this is so hypocritical. Who is this helping? How are we empowering people by burning down businesses? And kind of from there, I was like, okay, like I'm going to I'm going to eat my words. Let me look into this. And I just sort of had to unlearn all of the lies that I had been taught in school Um and, and go through that process. At the same time, my mom was consulting culty programmers, basically how to navigate this because it's like a chess game when your kid's indoctrinated. You have to be really specific and careful about what you say. And I think that like the parent's approach of truth is the, is, is the best approach that you can take. You know, uh, it's uh, it, this has been a heart uh, heart wrenching um, time for me. The last uh, since I moved from DC, I moved in D- from DC in 2015, and uh, uh, all of my former friends, all of my I say my former friends. It's very sad because for over a dozen years, we every New Year's we hung out together. Every night uh, we'd go to their house for dinner, or they'd come to ours, and we had this wonderful group of friends, and they're all very liberal. I've always I've always managed to end up hanging out with liberal people. I don't discuss politics, but since I uh, I became a, a full-time talk show host with a syndicated radio show and TV show and a Trump mm-hmm. supporter. All of them are gone. All of them are gone. One said, I would never want to see you in your home again. It was it was crushing for me. Yeah. Now, a fully uh, eight, nine years later, one of their kids wants to reach out to me because they know that what they've been fed is a line of crap. Wow. And there's a lot of that going on, Annabelle. And I'm going to tell you, it's really hard because, uh, you know, when people are aligned against you, they put politics first. Liberals, leftists put politics first, you know, and, and it's it's very, very difficult for you to break up with that. Not only, you know, listening to your mom, but also realizing that all of your friends are going to say, you gone off the deep end. You're a right winger. Did you have, did you experience a lot of that? Oh, yeah. Lost a lot of people that I thought were, were good friends. And sometimes it feels like I'm swimming upstream, truly. And it's like, why can't people see this? But for the ones that do reach out and they're like, this happened to me. I had some people that I went to school with that were like, thank you. I felt the same way. I felt like I totally changed who I was to fit into a mold, even though the left preaches tolerance. Really, it's tolerance until they dominate you and you are just like them and everyone is a robot. <laughs> you know, there is, there is no individuality in groupthink. So, you know, sometimes it feels like it's an uphill battle, but it's really rewarding. And the friends that I've lost, I take the approach of, like, my door is open. You know, if you start to see the light a little bit and you want to talk to me about it, please call me. You know, I try to be kind. You know, I try to I try to come to a place of love, which I know the left thinks that they're coming from a place of love, even though it's not, um, so that I can 
keep the conversation open if someone starts to see the truth because it's kind of shocking when you wake up and you're like, whoa, okay, everything I've bought into actually is wacky and doesn't help people. It's keeping them down. It's all, and I mentioned there earlier this morning that the country has become a kabuki theater of the absurd where Joe Scarborough has to admit yesterday, suddenly out of nowhere, that Joe Biden is too old to run for president. And all of the media saying now Joe Biden is too old to run for president, even though Nancy Pelosi just decided, said she's going to run again at 83. But she's not too old. It it, it, honestly, it's just stupid. It's stupid. All the COVID protocols were stupid. Uh, You know, the Russia collusion thing was stupid. The CRT in schools is stupid. The Mm -hmm. transgender nonsense is all stupid. I I believe that particularly Gen Z is beginning to have a moment of clarity. Young men of Gen Z are becoming more conservative. And I think it's because the adults in their lives have been abusive. Uh, with nonsense and lies and destroying their lives with COVID and COVID crackdowns. You experienced some of that as somebody who was fairly newly minted into the uh, the job market. But don't you think that the people in charge, uh, the Democrats in charge, largely have been abusive to the younger generation? And that's why they're saying, you know, I'm tired of being told how to think and I'm tired of, I'm tired of the nonsense. What do you think? Without a doubt. And, and the young people are told that all the cards are stacked against them. If you are an average person, if you're, especially if you're a guy, I can't imagine what it's like to be a man in today's society because you're totally demonized. And I was the person that would have, would have been the one demonizing you when I was in yeah. that mindset. You know, I went and I worked on the Hillary Clinton campaign after college because I thought that we needed the representation of a female. And like, what does that even mean? No, we don't. We need someone that's competent. We need a good leader. I'll give Mitt Romney actually some credit that he just announced he was retiring in that because by the next um, the next cycle, he'd be well into his 80s. And I, I give him some credit that he's actually passing the baton considering the Senate is an old, it's an old folks home at this point. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> yeah. And listen, I don't have a problem. Listen, I, I, I think the, the biggest insult right now that are because uh, there are marginalized groups in this country. One of them is the aged. We don't respect yeah. the aged like we should. We should. We should. I agree. But right now, it really is sickening that people like, uh, uh, you know, the left are, and Joe Scarborough, they're saying he's too old. That's an insult to every person who is older. It's saying that you are worthless for everything because of Joe Biden. And that's nonsensical. Mm-hmm. And I'm tired of that crap. I hope one day to be aged. <laughs> I mean, compared to you, I'm aged. But I'm not, an, you know. But I'm going to tell you, it's an insult to people, an entire class of people saying that because Joe Biden's brain is gone, everybody over 75 is an invalid and it really is i'm I'm thoroughly fed up with that crap you know you're totally right and if you look at john fetterman he's not he's not old he's just completely incapable mentally it's cognitive and you know what uh former president trump i have full faith in his cognitive abilities and he's over 80 so you're right that it's not necessarily an age thing it's an ability thing and we have allowed these people to be in power for so long i mean joe biden has been in office for, for his entire career, and his whole career is selling out the American, is selling access to the American government. I mean, we know that now. It's so, it's just, there's so much proof. I think they're using age as a scapegoat because, like, people can kind of collectively get behind that. It's not the real reason why he's totally incapable of being our leader. He's actually a career criminal. But that's a whole other topic. Now, let me <laughs> ask you a question here. Just, 
Uh-huh. But before we before we wrap up, Annabelle Rockwell, who is a uh, uh, detransitioning Marxist, and I'd love you have you back on the show again. I really would. This I'd is this is great back. stuff. This is great stuff. So, will you detransition? I want to ask you these things. If you had not detransitioned, I'm going to ask you a series of questions. Give me a yes or no answer. All right. If you had not detransitioned, would you have more than one piercing in another part of your body that isn't your ears? Okay, all right. I'm going to take that as a I yes. Probably, would, I, I, I go, probably have a tattoo. I've never gotten into okay, tattoos, there go. okay. and had I right, not, right. I would have gotten some tattoos. Okay. Uh, would you have a Prius with the uh, the uh, word coexist spelled in religious symbols on the back of it if you had not detransitioned? I will one-up you. I was a vegan for many years. Oh, dear God in heaven. That was my next question. That was my next question. Were you going to be a vegan? Oh, my God. That's been, and would you be married to a guy who has more than one cat? I'd be married to a woman. Okay, all right. <laughs> all right, cool. That's cool. Well, listen, I appreciate you joining me today, and I'm really, I'm really glad. I think you've, you've got a great story to tell people, particularly millennials. You're kind of millennial Gen Z cusp, and I think it's important. And, and I really do appreciate you being on the show. Let's have you on as a panelist just to get your opinions on stuff rather than just hear about your detransitioning. All right? I would love to. Thank you so much. This was great fun, Rob. All right. Where do we find you on social media, by the way, Annabelle Rockwell? Uh, most, most of my presence is on Instagram. It's just at Annabella Rockwell. I have a website with all my contact information. People are welcome to email me, Annabella at AnnabellaRockwell.com. I do have Twitter. Um, I do have LinkedIn, but I'd say if you want to reach out to me directly, Instagram and email are the best ways. All right, Annabelle, have a, gro- have a glorious day. We'll talk again soon. Let's take a break. It's the Rob Carson Show. That was pretty fun. Annabella Rockwell. It said on her bio she was unmarried, so whatever. Anyway, I think she's awesome. I love her. I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. COVID scammers have stolen as much as one out of every $7 in pandemic jobless aid with a total of $135 billion estimated to have been taken and used on luxury purchases ranging from cars to alpaca farms. You know, honestly, if a, if a corporation were as corrupt as our federal government, it would be out of business and the people in charge would be in jail. I, they they literally they they uh, the government capitalized on on free money. Seventy nine weeks of additional six hundred dollar payments from the federal government eventually decreased to three hundred in droves. A half a trillion dollars in scams and uh, bullcrap. I got to tell you, you know, this revolution is uh, not going to be stopped. I'm just going to tell you, the revolution that is afoot is is not going to be stopped. Hey, I know what we need to do. I think we need to do a, a gender confusion update. How about that? I think so. Gender confusion. What is my gender today? Hey, hey. I'm a boy. I'm a girl. Gender confusion. Hey, hey. I teach my elementary school students about gender identity. Did you ever uh, take uh, the rideshare uh, app Lyft? You ever do that? I do Uber a lot, you know, whatever. Uber's okay. Although, I'll mention, at rush hour in uh, in New York, you're better off getting a yellow cab. Seriously. Uh, Rideshare Lyft is leaning heavily into its recent effort to provide women and non-binary people with the ability to choose their rider or driver. Uh, there is a new effort called Woman Plus Connect, which will apparently give women and non-binary binary riders and drivers the ability to partner with other women and non-binary people. Okay, you know, that's fine. I understand women, you don't want to get into a car with a stranger, a strange man. Although I did that for a couple of years when I was a car salesman. You literally, you get into the car with someone you don't know and let them drive. That's what, uh, anyway. So they're going to do it. Uh, so I understand possibly a woman 
wanting to, uh, you know, maybe have a woman as the driver. Sure, whatever. Uh, but the, the non-binary thing, really? Really? You need, to buy, you need a non-binary driver? Couldn't you just, as a Lyft driver to get business, just transition when you become a Lyft driver? Like, couldn't you just say, oh, well, on Tuesday I'm a dude, but I understand that Lyft's Women Plus Connect is doing this, and if I'm non-binary, I'll get some more work. Okay, I'm non-binary. Do you see the absurdity of all of this nonsense? All of this? Uh, I have no problem with uh, going on Lyft and requesting a female driver, you know. Uh, I would never request uh, Joe Biden as a driver or uh, Dianne Feinstein or uh, John Fetterman as a driver. Uh, but, but anyway, uh, Lyft platforms offer close to $36 an hour on average, including tips and bonuses if you are a, a Lyfter. I know a lot of people who've done uh, Uber or Lyft on the site. And uh, some of the most fascinating conversations I've had in the last couple of years have been with Uber drivers uh, in New York, in Kansas City, and other areas because they, uh, they're the most interesting people and they still believe in the uh, American dream. All right, let's take a break and come back. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. Back in a few. Guys, it's Carson. If you don't know already, I am live noon to 3 Eastern Standard Time on talk radio stations across the country. And the replay of every show is available everywhere you find podcasts. Make sure to check out my TV show on Newsmax called Rob Carson's What in the World? And above all, don't catch the stupid. Stupid. 